0: Also, one thing I'll say on that first day is, to, especially kindergarten, you guys know how like everybody at school has been telling you to walk very <laughs> slowly in the hallway and not to run. And they're like, yeah. I'm like, you know what we get to do in PE class? We get to run. It's called a jog. It's like a slow run. <laughs> but uh, just a way to, to help them understand that it's a cool place to be, that's different from get the rest of the school. About, get them yeah. excited. Yeah, get them engaged. Hey, what's up guys? This is Ben Landers. I'm the founder of the PESpecialist.com. And I just wanna say thanks for being here. You're listening to the Phys Ed Q and A show. I hope this is an awesome, valuable conversation that will help give you some ideas and answer some common questions around the field of physical education. If you want any links for things that we talk about or summaries, make sure to check out the show notes at the specialist.com slash podcast. And without further ado, let's get into the show.
1: Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Marcus, and you are uh, listening and watching the Phys Ed Q&A show, hanging out with my main man, Ben Landers, the PE specialist, and we're excited to bring you episode number 10. Oh, Yeah. We are back Double digits Double digits We're going to be talking about uh, management cues Our first week of school We are excited to bring you some of the tips And the um, things that we use in our classroom Hopefully you can learn something from us And be prepared for that first week of school But before we get started we got to take a glance at our iTunes review of the week This one comes from B.B. Cray And he says This channel is awesome One of the only resources for my major. Thanks, guys. B.B. Cray, thank you for that awesome review. Uh, If you want to help our show grow, um, go on iTunes, send a review, share this uh, podcast, YouTube channel, all this stuff on there that can be helpful for many other teachers. uh, Not only PE teachers, but classroom teachers as well. So we're going to be kicking this podcast off and this show off working on our first week of uh, school Uh, the previous episode we talked about what to do before the students get here this week we're going to be talking about well this episode we're going to be talking about what to do when the students get here so um, hopefully you come up with some great nuggets some great tools i'm gonna pass it over to ben he's going to get us started on what we're going to be doing on our first week with our students
0: thanks coach noms (laughs) great intro um hey everybody so we're gonna hit all the main stuff that we hit during the first and also kind of some of the second week of school hit those management procedure routine things that you want to get in and um in my years of teaching I've definitely gone back and forth teaching elementary at our school we only see our kids once a week um between do I just want to like have a good game experience you know like have fun with my kids during that first day And then maybe hit management stuff in the the following week Um, just to make sure I have a a great first impression. And I've tried that before and uh, I went just like full on, you know, name games, team Mm -hmm. building type stuff. And it just didn't work for me. Um, And if you can make that work for you, that's awesome. But what I found was the kids didn't know the routines and the management, especially new kids to the school. You know, I've been at my school for 12 years, so I'm going into my 13th year. So the kids that know me We've built mutual respect, but the new kids, they didn't know any consequences. They didn't know any rules. They didn't know what to be expected. So that's kind of the reason that we've structured our first week with so many routines, procedures, and management is just to make sure the kids understand the system that's in place to help them have an awesome day. And we also build in some fun games and things like that as well. Um, This is what works for us is always take what works and trash what doesn't. Try it out. If it doesn't work, do something else and, and figure out what does work for you. Correct. Um, so anything we talk about, will obviously link up in the show notes down at the podcast page. You can check those notes out at the slash podcast. Just scroll down and look for the episode that you're looking for. This one's going to be the first week of school management and routines and procedures, episode 10. Um, so I do definitely, that when the kids walk in to your gym, I think the first impression is a big deal. So I do want to hit them with that smiling face. I want to make sure I'm giving you know first few minutes just asking them about their summers. Since I've been at my school, I know most of my kids' names already, so I'm just like, hey, you know, how's your brother? How's your sister? How's your summer? What your family do? That kind of stuff. Um, one thing I do is I to in the first five minutes um, create a two-minute video. That I show the kids what I've done um, over my summer break, which I think just helps them understand like I'm a real person. A lot of kids like they see you at the grocery store, and they're like, "Dude, you come to the grocery grocery store?" store?" (laughs) I was like, "Yeah, I'm like a human being, man. I don't live at school." (laughs) So uh, you know, just you know, random video clips and pictures of my vacation and stuff like that. And you can see an example of that on our uh, first week of school blog post. But I think the kids enjoy that; they get a kick out of it. I I try to choose things that I think they'll connect with. So I uh, just do that real quick, and then um, first thing after that is I let them choose one thing to tell me, and I try to make them put it into like a one-word or maybe a two-word or three-word summary of what their favorite thing was that they did over the summer. Um, What's your first five minutes look like, that first impression? It looks
1: similar to that. Um, The kids come in and are... Procedure from last year. We usually have most of the students that are back from the previous year So they know exactly what to do. Our students walk in on the black line that we have in our gym So you might want to have uh, How you want them to enter the gym that first day because uh, Most of the time they're gonna come in in a line Um, But sometimes I may just come in so you might have to have an established thing the first thing that you say and say hey I want you to come in the gym um, they might be waiting at the door and say, hey, I want you to come in the gym, have a seat on the black line, or have a seat in the middle, or have a seat or something like that. So have that prepared when those student first come in. Um, I've done that in the past where I just talked to them that first day, and we've also done a slideshow where we had a complete sl- slideshow set up, and the kids come in and they go through, and we talk about that as well. Um, but just like Ben said, have an idea of how you want them to respond to you because they're going to be overzealous and they're going to tell you a whole paragraph about what they did over the summer. So like Ben said, you might have one or two words. I'll tell the kids and say, hey, you can tell me in one or two sentences about what you did over the summer. And if they go to that third sentence, I say, uh, you're cutting it off. I got to go with somebody else. So, um, telling them what you did over the summer is an easy way to connect with them. So I tried to say, hey, over the summer, my wife and I had our first kid and I was, hanging out with my kid all summer. And then I give them an example of what I want in response, and then they can do that back to you as well. So you establish what you want early, and then the kids can get a chance to respond back early. So when that first kid does it, praise that kid for doing what you asked them to do so the next kid can do exactly the same thing on there. You set yourself up for the whole school year on that first little activity, um, a call and response type of thing with your students. So. Um, When you have that on a slide presentation, you can do that as well, but you don't need the technology for you to do that. And that's a great way to set up your classroom management. Yeah, for sure.
0: I will just add a quick note um, that I do something a little different for kindergarten. So Mm -hmm. for them, when they walk in, it's like they are like deer in (laughs) headlights. If you haven't haven't seen our podcast, we did a whole podcast on tips for teaching kindergarten because it really is a different animal yeah. um so first day for them we literally don't move off that black line all the time. <laughs> they walk in on the black line and then we just take a tour around the outside of the black line all the way around the gym and i tell them you know like hey look at these basketball goals you don't have those in your classroom do you there's some things that we can do in here that you can't do in your classroom isn't that cool and there's also some things we do in here that we also do in the classroom like what do you have to do if you want to say something? Raise your hand. So we just slowly, you know, walk them around the outside of the room. Learn how to walk in line. Learn how to follow directions. I give them a tour of the gym. They're overwhelmed as it is. I try to learn their names. Um, we do. Uh, we talked about in that kindergarten podcast. Since we're both uh, veteran teachers at our school, we know most of the kids' names. But if you're not a veteran, you might want to do this with every class. Um, but for us, every, every kid coming into kindergarten is brand new. So we take pictures of them on that first day because they have name tags for that first week. And then we put that in a little folder. And then that allows us it's to swipe, swipe through. through and learn the kindergartners' names a lot faster because the sooner you know those names the much better much year, better, yeah, yeah. much better your lessons. <laughs> Everything's going to go so much better. You build that respect. The kids respect you more if you know their names. So Do,
1: they, do y'all still do the tour that they come for like 10 minutes and then... Or do they come they the whole time? They stopped doing that. The yeah, they okay. stopped doing that. Well, we used to have it where our... Well, we used to have it where half of the kindergarten class would come the first day of school. The second half would come the next day. We don't have that anymore. They all come on the first day. What we used to do is coordinate with our other special area teachers and then let's say your class let's say your uh, PE time is 60 minutes so they would go to art for 10 minutes and rotate and come to PE for 10 minutes so that way they all the related arts teachers, the special area teachers, could see all of the kindergartners that first day so they're not um, overwhelmed each day with a new set of group uh, students. So um, we used to do that, but now they just do it as a regular scheduled day where they all come in for the whole time and we only see that one class. So if you have that style, that's a, a great way to you know establish that routine with all of the students on that first day. But if not, you can always do like we were telling you uh, take it slowly, go through doing that tour, it what physical education is to those kindergartners is a great way to set yourself up for that first week. Um, but we take our time and we make sure that we establish all the rules with kindergarten, especially early. The earlier you can do that, the sooner you can learn the names and you're going to benefit your program greatly. Yeah, for sure.
0: Another thing sometimes I'll do is practice. Uh, running on the long lines and Mm -hmm. walking on the short lines. We'll practice stopping when the music stops. Mm -hmm. Turn the music on, they go. Turn the music off, they stop. That's plenty to fill up a whole class (laughs) for kindergarten. You can take easily, we have 25-minute kindergarten classes at our school. Easily take that up. And then sometimes uh, during the second class, I'll read The Gym Teacher from the Black Lagoon, Mm -hmm. uh, which is a book that kind of goes over a kid in his first AP class. So, uh, just a fun little read-along for kindergarten. And, um, you can you can check that out if you want to, if you would like to purchase and read that to your kids as well. Um, also, I wanted to make a note. We'll put a link to a sample slide presentation that uh, you could use that we have used in the past for our first day of school as well in the show notes. Um, so, do you do you do home based spots on
1: the first yeah, day? Yeah, we do. We yeah. call them uh, assigned team spots, but we do. Oh no, we do those on the second week because everybody's student, changing. Yeah, rosters changing rosters could change new students yeah. can come in we used to do it on the first day and then we had so many kids that changed from one place to another that we had to like alright yeah, let's just do it all over again so right. we just wait for the second week to do that on there that's cool yeah, yeah I do
0: that first day but sometimes I go back and forth like maybe I should wait a second yeah. thing but uh, the kids want to, like the ones that know about the home base office, <laughs> they want to know where they're going to be sitting yeah. when they come in. they're like where's my home base spot this year Um, so I I still do it on the first day and what I'll do is every time I go over a component of the lesson like we'll hit like the rules and procedures we'll hit the bathroom in in between each one I tell them that they have a quiz and the quiz is can they remember where where their home base spot is is. so I really like nail it into their brain that first day Um, you know they come in that first five minutes I give them a quick intro i show them my summer video and then I give them their spots, which is like a number and a letter, Excel spreadsheet style. Um, we'll put a link in the description to uh, explaining how those work if you're not familiar with them. But each kid gets a number and a letter. And then in between everything, I'm like, all right, go back to your home base spot. And the kids run and sit down at their spot. So they quickly remember where they're supposed to sit. Um and, yeah, I could definitely understand why you would do that second week because I do have kids getting added during that first week, and it's yeah, annoying. Yeah. You know? But I always, when I organize the home base spots, I try to leave a few blank spaces so that if I do have to add kids, it's not you a big You could do deal. that as
1: well. Yeah, true.
0: Yeah. Um another great resource is uh there's a physical literacy series on YouTube um that explains what PE is all about basically explains physical literacy so learning to be you know confident in your movement skills um so sometimes I'll show my kids that if we have time uh especially younger kids I think it helps them understand, understand like right, what PE what is all developing. about why we're in PE what's right. the purpose of it um, and uh, then time
1: to get into the P.E.
0: rules. Our,
1: our rules, um, Ben has uh, reshaped his rules a little bit, but we still have our same um, six rules. Um, what we try to do on the rules is, is, is establish what we're going to be looking for throughout the year. Um, we go over the rules and we go over the consequences. A lot of times, especially with the younger ones, especially kindergarten, first, second, Uh, we like to go through the rules and explain to them what each of the rules mean. Sometimes if you are strapped for time, you may want to go with older students where they just read the rules, you double check, make sure they're good to go, then you can move on. It basically depends on how well you can manage your students and how well your students do well in the class. But it's important that you go over those rules, especially early on, so so you and the students know what the expectations are when they come to the gym. Um a lot of times people will have a whole bunch of rules. They may have a, one or two rules. It doesn't matter as long as, as you are establishing those that first day, that's important for you to do.
0: Yeah, we got a, I have a video, a YouTube video of me going over the rules of my kids and also have them posted. Um, but we have uh, basically six, yeah, six rules. Stay on your feet. That means don't slide around on the ground. Um, have fun and do your best. Uh, wearing athletic shoes so the only dress out requirement that I have at my school is kids have to wear tennis shoes tennis They can shoes. wear whatever they want unless it's like a girl asks them to wear shorts if they have a skirt on or something like that just so they don't embarrass themselves um, and then uh, Don't interrupt others so raising your hand Using good sportsmanship and then making sure they don't touch equipment without permission So those are the main rules. Uh, we have a three strike system for consequences mm-hmm. So if you mess up and you don't do it, follow a rule, just say, hey, strike one, that's just a warning. Strike two, they go to a refocus, so that means they'll go sit on the side somewhere. And um, after a few minutes, I will come and discuss it with them. Always goes the same exact thing. They say, hey, do you know what you did? And they say either yes or no. If they say no, I explain what they did. And I say, do you understand why you can't do that? And then hopefully it gets around to them understanding that them not following the rules hurts the class's ability to uh, complete whatever we're trying to complete that day. So um, if you want to check that video out for some more details on how I explain that, you can download the rules poster and all that stuff. But yeah, like Marcus said, if you don't have those consequences put in place on that first day, what are you going to do when a kid's okay. acting out and... and your lesson starts to fall apart because of their behavior. You have to, you have to be up front. You have to make sure everybody's on the same page.
1: And, so. and I know a part of that, that's the kind of dichotomy that we come with. Like we want to play games. We want to have fun. But it's also important to sit kids down and explain to them their rules and consequences and procedures in your in your gym because if somebody gets hurt, that's going to come back on you. So you have to make sure that you uh, establish those rules on that first week. I know, especially if you are in a situation where we are, where we teach six classes and you go over the same six rules six times a day, uh, the whole seven days, again. that last day before you move on to the, you still got to try to bring that same kind of energy and intensity with uh, uh, explaining the rules to them because... If you do it in August, it's going to help you in May. So it's important that you establish those rules early on, even if it's it seems mundane and, and boring. It's important that you set those rules and, and procedures for your students. Yeah,
0: another great you know the classic illustration that everybody uses is, hey, we have rules to the whole world has rules. The reason we have rules and laws is to help keep everybody safe. If I'm mm-hmm. driving 100 miles an hour to school. And then I'll get a speeding ticket. And if I keep doing it, I'm going to lose my license because they don't want me on the roads. If I'm not going to be safe, I might hurt somebody else. So it's kind of relating it back to adults have rules too. And it's the whole purpose is to keep everybody safe. I think it helps kids understand the purpose behind it.
1: And that's a great, what Ben, and we try to do that, especially when we have kids that are sitting out. That's the kind of conversation piece that we have with them. We don't try to. Um, direct and demean our students we try to have a conversation with them and say hey why why did I ask you to sit out because you weren't following the rules when you become an adult it's important that you follow the rules so it's our job to teach you to follow the rules now so when you're an adult you we'll understand how to do it so that's another piece that you can have with the social and responsibility aspect of your teaching that you can help relate to students yeah for sure
0: um one of the other things I'll talk about on the first day the first day of school there's no no girls wearing tennis shoes <laughs> they're all oh, yeah. wearing their first day oh, yeah. of school outfits yeah, so basically the first week of school i give everybody a free pass you know i haven't even seen most of the kids there might be new kids that don't know mm-hmm. what their uh, you know the requirement is so first day of school free pass wear whatever you want everybody's got their first day of school outfits Correct. they want they want to rock yeah. um, but second week of school i explain on the first day second week of school you guys need to have tennis shoes on and if you got a dress or a skirt, you need to have shorts on under it. And if you don't, I have this little clipboard on the wall. It's just a little checklist uh, that I use anytime kids go to timeout, anytime kids don't wear the right shoes. It's basically a parent communication form. Anytime kids are injured, they have to just check the box that explains what's wrong, and then they will write a note or draw a picture for the younger kids that can't really write very good. And then they just take it home and get it signed by their parents. So it's a way to communicate with the parents, to let them know what's going on, and um, keep kids accountable for what they're doing. So I kind of explained that to them on the first day, but I'm not making anybody fill that out on the first day. I'm just kind of telling yeah. them about you
1: know, it. Yeah, we do talk about that on the first day, and we, we go back to the why because sometimes the kids go, why am I filling this out? And So we can communicate to your parents that you need to have your athletic clothes and shoes so that way you can participate. That's the best way for you to stay safe. So yeah. if you mention that to them, it'll go over really well with your students. Yeah, it's also nice when you have
0: students that are uh, injured, but they're not really injured. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) And and they want to sit out, and then my, if kids are hurt, or if they say they're hurt, yeah, I'm all they're I'm there. saying is, hey, so you go fill out that form and get your parents to sign it. That's, good with um, that's fine, man. I don't yeah. want you to get hurt yourself, that's for sure. Yeah. But usually when kids tell me that, and I say, all right, just go fill out that form and get it signed by your parents. If it's not for real, the kid's usually like, okay, yeah. I feel a lot better. I, lot I think I'm going to jump in. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a little filter to make sure that the kids are, uh, you know, if they're able to participate, that they are participating. Um, so... Do you guys do walking and jogging first day
1: of school? You do walking and jogging first uh, day. Yeah, yeah, so
0: that's what we do as well, first day of school. Real simple, um, basic, it's an instant activity that'll start the year for all of my classes and then as the year progresses, uh, we kind of get into some more instant activities and, and lots of different things. But that's our, kind of our fallback plan is everybody needs to know how to walk the short lines, jog, jog the long lines. lines. Yeah. Um, great just easy routine that anybody kindergarten through fifth grade can do usually i just let them do it for a couple of minutes um just to let that heartbeat get going let their brains get moving a lot of times you've been sitting at a desk all day all day so it's good rules and
1: procedures from administration and the classroom teacher especially that first week they hear rules and procedures all day long so as much as we try to tell them about the rules we try to get their brains moving and get the bodies going the heart pumping And uh, walking and jogging is an easy way for you to do an instant activity. So whatever you decide that is going to be your warm up for the year, try to do that on that first week. Uh, So hopefully it's something simple. If it's a little bit more difficult, that's all right too. Just make sure you try to establish that that first week. Yeah. Also, um, especially with kindergarten,
0: first grade, really focused on learning those locomotors. So even like fourth or fifth week of school, sometimes I'll switch it up and be like, yo, today we're going to do walking and sliding. And they're like, what's a slide. Um, So we'll practice different locomotors. Um, Also, one thing I'll say on that first day is to, especially kindergarten, you guys know how like everybody at school has been telling you to walk very (laughs) slowly in the hallway and not to run. And they're like, yeah, I'm like, you know what we get to do in PE class? We get to run. It's called a jog. It's like a slow run. <laughs> but uh, just a way to, to help them understand that it's a cool place to be that's different from the rest of the school. Get it, them yeah. excited. Yeah, get them engaged. Um, and while we're doing walking and jogging, that's also the same time I introduced the stopping signal. You guys do the same one, right? Let's do the same one. Wanna talk about it?
1: Yeah. Uh, we do a couple of stopping signals. The, the most basic one that we do is we try to incorporate the music. So uh, when the music is on, that's when you're moving. When the music stops, you stop. So we always talk about that. So even if you don't have a designated stopping signal that we're going to tell you about in just a second, you can always rely on the music being on, music being off as a way to get your students to move and get your students to stop safely. We've also incorporated that one, two, three signal. So um, anytime that the music stops, the s- uh, students will stop and they'll listen and they'll hear us say one, two, three. When we say one, two, three, they go huh, and they'll drop down to their knee. We do that one so that way the students have a chance to respond back to us and they're not moving after the music stops. So that's a great chance for them to to see what's going on they stop they look and they listen and then we can go on with the instruction so uh, we do the one two three signal with K through five they love they love doing that that's a great stop signal that you can do there'll be a link in the show notes that you can see how it works but it's a great activity uh, stopper thing that you can do and um, it helps to keep the students safe and get them listening to you after the music stops
0: got to have those quick transitions so important to uh, make sure everything goes effectively correct because uh, you only see your kids once a week like me and Marcus you got to make sure you're not wasting that time correct um, so next up is if you have if you're lucky enough to have a bathroom or a water fountain in your gym you got to go over that if you don't have one you probably still need to go over what happens I mean, if a kid it needs, it needs to, to use to a bathroom one, or needs yeah. to get water Um, So that's the next thing we hit is I need to make sure everybody knows how to use the bathroom and get water. We only have one in our gym. It's shared for everybody in school, unisex, no discrimination, and no biases. Um, And so uh, basically we have a little stop sign on there that you go stop and go. If it's on go, and that means nobody's in there. Or it means somebody forgot to put the sign on stop. (laughs) But if it's on go and the music is on, like Marcus said, anytime kids are moving, I got the music on. So my rule for the water fountain is if the music is on, you can go. If the music is off, you can't go. And we talk about why you wouldn't be able to go to the bathroom if the music was off and the kids know that it's because when the music's off you're supposed to be learning that's when the teaching's happening that's when we're lining up to go that's when important transitions are happening and if you go to the bathroom you're going to miss out or you might get left behind and they might not know where you are <laughs> and they might be out in the hallway or mr landers might be explaining a game and then you come out of the bathroom you won't know what to do so um you explain that to them and i found that that one rule keeps it real simple kid asks me if they can go to the bathroom i just say is the music on and if it is, that means they can go. If it's not, that means they need to wait. So that's our water and bathroom rules.
1: Um, kindergarten's a little bit different. You know, eventually, you'll get them on the same level as that. But the first first week, especially the first couple of weeks, we try to avoid uh, the bathroom and water fountain talk as much as we can. If it comes up, then you have to you have to have a strategy about what you want to do on there. Um, a lot of times if it's an emergency or something like that, we try to let them use it, um, but we don't let them line up to do it just simply because if all of the kids line up to do that, especially in kindergarten, somebody's gonna get hurt. So um, we can let them go one at a time. We're lucky enough to have a, a teaching assistant in the gym with us the first couple of weeks. Um, so they can help them go to the restroom as well, but we try to communicate with the kindergarten teachers and most of them are veteran teachers so they're good at it anyway to allow the students to use the restroom before they come to PE class. So that way they're not using, wasting their time trying to use the restroom. So um, whatever uh, establishment that you have, um, just make sure that you communicate that with the classroom teachers so that way you know what to do when those kindergartners do that. First through fifth grade, they know the rules. So you, they need to make sure that they, um, they only go when the music is on. So that's a great way to keep your class structured and uh, make that first week go smooth. Yeah, you got to watch out for those gardeners. Yeah, One
0: kid got to go, everybody's yeah, got to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a good, uh, good note there. <laughs> um, next thing is, just like everybody else in the school, you got to make sure you go over emergency procedures just to make sure your kids know where to line up for fire drill, for tornado drill, for code red drill. Um, you know, for our younger students, I'll actually pretend that we're having the drill. They'll walk to the line quietly without screaming. We'll practice lining up for each one. And then, um, for the older kids, I've gone over with them so many times. Like my fourth and fifth graders have done it every year. So I just tell them to point to the line and then we know where to warm up. And that just saves me time. I move a lot. I move really fast with my fourth and fifth graders because they've already done everything for the most part, except for new students. Um, and so we can move a lot faster, have more time for games at the end of class.
1: One thing that I do stress even if we aren't going to the line, is that if there is an emergency an emergency that's happening, the most important thing you need to do is remain calm. A lot of times when you're in the gym and that fire alarm goes off, kids start screaming, they running around. You need to establish that on that first week that hey, if that fire alarm goes off, and you're screaming, it's going to be difficult for me to keep you safe. So have that in-depth conversation with them that if an emergency happens, you need to remain calm, you need to listen to an adult, and you're please do not start screaming and going crazy if an emergency happens. That's one thing that I have to remind myself every time that, fir- that new class comes in on that first week and we go over the emergency procedures, is that you must remain calm when we do that because you never know what's going to happen. But you can always remain calm when something does happen.
0: So next up is uh, I, me and Marcus. Are both? I used to actually try to fit this in on the first week of school, and I just found that we would get to the end of class, and all We'd our time be rushing would be gone. through, We'd be yeah. rushing through everything. So I stopped trying to do that. We do have this thing called a daily self assessment um, that I do every day with all my first through fifth grade students, but I'll wait till the second week of school to explain that, just so we can have more time to play a game. So after we hit those emergency procedures, we're straight into an activity. For the older kids, if we might have a little bit more time, uh, depending on the time, we'll do some different activities. So let's talk about a few of our favorite first day of school activities.
1: Alright, um, the one that we like to do uh, is a Venture Bingo. A Venture Bingo is a great icebreaker activity that uh, students can do. Basically, they have a card, and on that card they have some different activities. Um, when the music starts and the kids are going to go around and ask each other if they've done that activity. If they if they say yes, then that kid that they asked, they're going to um, put their initial down or their name down on the line, and then they jog a lap and then they come back. So their goal is to try to fill up their bingo card. Maybe it's diagonal or cross, whatever you want to do on there. Um, but it's a great icebreaker game that gives them a chance to talk with each other because they might not know each other, and most likely they don't know each other, and they don't know what each other has done. So it's a great chance for them to learn about each other, and a great chance for you to learn what the students do and what they enjoy to do. Uh, it's a simple, easy activity. All you need is the bingo sheet and a marker, and some music, and it's a great way for you to have an instant um, activity that they can do to learn each other on there. What's yeah. an activity that you like to do?
0: Um, I do love Adventure Bingo, and that's one of my go-to's for mm-hmm. first day. Um, I was gonna also mention this is what me and Marcus are talking about is like a plan for about a fifty to sixty minute lesson. Correct. So if you have a short like thirty minute uh, class, that. then there's no way we we'll ought to hit all the stuff that we're talking about. Correct. So you'd have to break it up into two lessons, probably. Just wanted to throw that in there because yeah. we didn't really talk about it at the Correct. beginning. Yeah. Um, yeah, Adventure Bingo is a great one, and you gotta you gotta think about kids. They might have been at that school for you know three or four years, but then they might have never been in the same class as another kid. If you're a bigger school, like we have, a, you know, six hundred fifty kids in our school, so we have about four or five home rooms. You guys have thousands. thousand, yeah. you got well, 900 like nine, some kids. nine yeah. home rooms per grade level yeah. or something. So your kids literally like yeah. might have never seen never half the seen, kids yeah. in their <laughs> class, yeah, except maybe at recess yeah. from like across the playground. Yeah. So the more that you can force those kids to connect, provide them opportunities to connect, the better. Um, one really fun one for the kids that can read, which I use it for third through fifth grade is this crazy cards challenge. I uh, just put a new YouTube video out about this one so you can see like how I introduce it to kids and how it's played. but basically you could make your own or you could uh, purchase ours. there'll be a link in the show notes if you want to check those out. but there's just task cards. so 60 different tasks and the tasks are just really silly stuff like, play the air guitar and sing your favorite rock song or like high five 10 people or jump around like a crocodile and just trying to get kids to say funny stuff and the whole idea is they have to complete the task and then they bring you the card um and so that's one of my favorite ones usually it only takes about five minutes so if the class if we only have 10 minutes left i'll do that one if we have more time i might do adventure bingo mean, uh... um Another one is Noodle Dance Tag. That's one of the go-to. Like, if I only have a few minutes left, it's no setup. You just pull out two noodles, and the uh, the way the game works is there's two noodle taggers. Or if you have double classes, you can add more taggers. Yeah. If I have about 25 kids, I'll have two taggers. But if I had, you know, like 50 kids, I'd have four or five taggers. Um, and so all the taggers get a noodle. You play the music for about 30 or 45 seconds. They try to tag as many people as they can. And if you get tags, you have to dance. And one thing I did this year is have you used those gifts yet? No. The Fortnite, the Fortnite gifts? ones? Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> I've turned a video of them, but I haven't used them yet. So
0: I, I put some gifts up on the screen of all the different Fortnite dances last year <laughs> when all the kids were getting into, like, all the Huge. kids came to school doing all these dances. Yeah. And I was like, what are y'all doing? Yeah. Um, so they love that. So I'm always like, hey, if you don't know how to dance, you can just look at the screen and pick any of those. And they love trying to do those different dances. So, um, the kids have to dance when they're frozen, and then when the music stops, you just switch taggers and it rotates around. So that's a really easy, fun one. Um, and then if you have older, if the kids already know how to play that, you could do Fire and Ice, which mm-hmm. is kind of the next level of Noodle Dance Tag. We'll have links to all those if you want to check them out as well.
1: Yeah, any any kind of, if you had the time, especially if you had something, you don't know, have a lot of equipment, any personal space activities. Um, so you can review some stuff from last year if you have older kids. Um, but simple, something simple with limited equipment. We try not to bring out the equipment on that first week, so that way, um, when we do bring it out, it's something that is engaging the students. So if you don't have, um, if you don't have a game set up or anything like that, do any kind of personal space activity. It could be basic as um, when the music starts, you move around. The music stops, you freeze. Um something basic is that it can be a great way to get the brain stimulated and things going um, and help you establish those rules while still playing the game as well. Um, so any of those things that you could do can help you out on that first week. Yeah, and that's a great way to practice the stopping signal too. Mm-hmm.
0: You practice and moving in an open space, you can practice moving in different ways with heavy feet, with light feet, slow motion. Yeah. yeah quick go and rewind right. you know yeah. there's tons of ways to just get kids to move around especially those younger kindergarten first mm-hmm. and second grade move around in open space learn how to move in open space without running into people oh um yeah. you can spend a whole lesson whole, doing whole that lesson. with no problem so yeah that's the first week pretty much by the time we're done with any of those activities it's time, time, to is go. time to go yeah so then i always try to close every every lesson i really try to do this last year um by telling the kids thank you for their hard work, mm-hmm. for their attention. Um, and then giving them a quick recap of what we've done and a preview of what's happening next week. So like the recap is, Hey, we went over all this stuff this week. You guys did an awesome job listening. Next week we're doing hula hut relays. I'm going to tell you about this daily self assessment. And we're also going to talk about this big poster on the wall called the conflict corner. Um, so we'll go ahead and talk about that uh, cause it is related management routines and procedures um, you want to hit the conf- Conflict Corner?
1: Yeah, the Conflict Corner is a, a great tool that we both use. To, the main gist the main of it is to get the students to resolve their issues on their own. So we'll have a poster set up in the gym. If, you, uh, if a student asks you to go to the Conflict Corner, you must go to the Conflict Corner. You cannot say no. What we want to do is try to get them to resolve the issues before they come and try to tell us. So if a student has another issue with another student in the class, we usually say, hey, take them over to the conflict corner. Have you been in the conflict corner? If they say no, then they say, hey, I can't help you yet, you got to go over to the conflict corner. When they get over there to the conflict corner, and then they have a discussion with each other. They explain what happened. They explain ways to solve it. And then they come to a solution at the end about what they can do to help each other be successful in PE class. If they get to the end of the conflict corner and they cannot come up with a solution, then they can ask for the teacher to help them out as well. But we wanna to try to establish students figuring out how to solve their own problems on their own and not rely on telling on somebody or using somebody else to get what they want. They have to be able to resolve the conflicts on their own. So um, there'll be a video link on there so you can see it. It'd be a, a throwback video of me and Ben showing how everything goes. But it's important if you don't have a conflict corner to have something established in your gym where students are trying to solve the problems on their own. So that way you are free to help students develop their skills, develop those different things that they can be to be uh, physically active for a lifetime. If you spend your whole time trying to manage kids about telltale on there, then you're wasting your time, that you, the valuable time that you have. Um, so.
0: And you're also selling your kids short because they're not going to know how to solve problems we'll solve on their problems, own, which is freeze. a really important life skill. Correct. Um, <laughs> so yeah. then uh, that's the first thing I do that second weekend. We do like a quick walk and jogging. I check those home based spots, mm-hmm. take attendance, make sure I got everybody's names. And then we'll go over and talk about the conflict corner, like Marcus said. Um, and then we'll talk about the daily self assessment. So again, I've got a a video uh, that I put up last year of me explaining how that works. Basically, it's just every day at the end of class, kids uh, assess their cells on how they did that day. And it's related to whatever outcome I'm looking for that day. Um, uh, So the main thing is, did you follow the rules? And if they do that, they get to hit this paper called the good job. It's just some emojis with like a thumbs up and sunglasses. If they got a strike or if they know they didn't do the right thing, they'll hit keep on trying. If they had to go to timeout, they'll hit a paper that says need more effort. There's a paper at the very top that says, uh, wow, and that's like a bonus challenge. So that's the outcome that we're looking for that day. So like the second week, if I'm doing hula hut relays, the wow challenge would be to see if your team can complete the hula hut relays before the music stops (laughs) so that that would show that your team was able to use teamwork which is the main focus of my week two is learning how to use teamwork working together with your team um so and then for the rest of the whole class that whole day we're just doing different hula hut relays and that's an awesome lesson if you haven't ever seen it big shout out to jd hughes of pe to the max um for showing me how to build a hula hut, integrating hula huts into so many different Mm -hmm. games. Um, If you haven't seen JD's content, he's a really awesome, inspiring PE teacher out of Atlanta, Georgia. Um, His website's PE to the max. But there will be links to his site and also a whole uh, video of uh, different hula hut challenges if you're interested in trying that out. I highly recommend that because it's a great game for that first or second week back. Second week. Another great game, if you're looking for something else, would be Cross the River. Yeah. Want to talk about that?
1: Yeah. Cross river is a, a, a basic uh, team building activity and basically what you want to do is get your team from one side of the river over to the other side of the river. So you establish the boundaries in your gym. We like to use a black line to another black line because we have those in our gym, but you can use cones. Anything that you need to do is set up a boundary. Um, basically you split the te- uh, kids up in teams and each team is going to have a set of dots. A lot of times when we play the first round, the first level, we give the team one extra dot than people they have on their team. So if they have five students on their team, they're going to have six dots. When the music starts, the students are going to put the dots down on the ground. They're going to use those to cross the river to the other side. They, uh, the first team that can make it across or how many teams can make it across before the music stops, then that team will be the winner and you can uh, hit that while on the way out. But if your team touches a river, so if your foot touches or your hands or you fall down, then your team has to start all the way back over. So it's a great way for you to work on those teamwork and, and um, building skills. And, and kids also get a chance to use the equipment because they love using the equipment as well. Two other rules that you need to follow in there, you cannot throw any rocks. So you can't take a rock and throw it to a teammate. And you cannot slide any rocks on the ground. So if you slide one over to you, your team has to start all the way back over. Start so that's a great over. way for you to talk about um, being uh, humble and being aware of people who make mistakes because we all make mistakes. It's no big deal. It's just a game. Start all the way back over. So we'll have a link to your Cross River so you can see how it works. But it's a great team building game as well, and we also use that on field day. So that's yeah. a great way that you can do that, so that the kids can play it multiple times throughout the
0: school year. So. Yeah, the good thing about both those games, who Hat relays and cross river, is like Marcus said, you're you're setting kids up to be in a situation where they have to work together and where they're probably gonna mess up. Yeah. Because you want kid, you don't want to set kids up for failure, but you to work on teamwork, to work on good sportsmanship, you gotta put kids in challenging situations where if they don't rely on their team well or if they don't approach it in the right way, they'll fail. They have to learn to go back and persevere Persever. and keep on going. Perseverance and also no it gives you the opportunity to talk about what kind of response you're going to have to your team when they make mistakes, because everybody's going to make mistakes. going to make so many mistakes throughout the year in PE. So learning how to respond when your team makes a mistake has a big impact on your team's success. So that's like one of the big picture things I try to get my kids to walk away with, with both of those games is perseverance, not giving up and also learning to be encouraging, to be positive positive to be a part of the kind of person that you would want someone to be to you if you made a mistake, mm-hmm. um, to be helpful, not hurtful. So we talk about all those really, really great teachable moments that transcend the classroom and, and go to kids' like family lives, hopefully their work life one
1: day and all that stuff. And, um, not, not only, and those games are great not only for the success and the failures of your team, but success and the failures of other teams. So um, seeing another team be successful is not a a negative thing. So a lot of times when kids see the other team win, they get all upset. They say they cheated. They do some different things like that. It's a great way for you to talk about, hey, be happy with somebody else's success. That's going to happen in life. But that's going to give you a chance to reflect on yourself about what you need to do to be successful and how your team can be as successful as the other team. So in between the activities, we try to have those real world conversations with them. And that's a, a thing that you can set your program apart from anybody else is establishing those, gym, uh, those PE rules and, and trying to incorporate those things that they can use outside of the classroom. If you can help classroom teachers settle um, conflicts out at recess, they're going to be grateful to you because that's the number one thing that they have to deal with when they're out at recess is people tattletale on each other. So if you can be the the cause of the change, your classroom teacher is going to love you and your administration is going to love you as well. So try to establish those rules early and often, uh, especially in that first week. And that's going to help your school. It's going to help your program be very successful. For sure. Um, and then that's pretty much it. So after that,
0: we'll practice our self-assessment for the first time. So I'll just do a quick review of how that works. We'll do the self-assessment and go out the door. And then the next week after that, usually I get into uh, Foursquare, which is one of the games I try to teach the kids so they're ready to play at recess mm-hmm. um, because we have a four square court at recess. So I just want to make sure, again, everybody's on the same page because that's another thing that causes conflict sometimes. Um, so I like to hit that real early in the school year as well. Correct.
1: And like Ben said, what we've been trying to establish as far as professional development is really impacting that closure at the end of each lesson, telling the students thank you, going over those rules, going over what you did that week, recapping, setting them up for the next week so they know exactly what to expect. Um, that's a great way for you to build that rapport and that's going to help you extend those rules and procedures that you've been working on that first week, help them stick and be concrete when the students come in next week. So if you can remind them about what they need to do and what they've done, it's going to help you be successful throughout
0: the year. Yeah. Thank you guys for watching. Hope that was helpful for your first week. Good luck on the first week. Bring the energy, bring the positivity, try to get to know all those kids names as quick as you can and have fun. Um, all the links for everything we mentioned will be linked up on the show notes page. You can access that over at slash podcast. And we'll have anything we talk about. And uh, hopefully that's a helpful resource
1: for you. Anything else to add? Again, go on there, review, share the podcast, share the YouTube channel. I'm trying to get this out, I'm trying to get in touch with as many PE teachers as we can. So hopefully we uh, inspired you to help you out in that first week. Um, If you need anything from us, be in contact with us. We really appreciate you checking out our show. Um, Anything else that you need, please feel free to reach out to us.
0: For sure, guys. Thanks for being here. Thanks for listening or watching wherever you're at. And we'll catch you next time on the Fizz Q&A show. Have fun and teach on. See ya. Hey, guys, thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Phys Ed Q&A Show podcast. I hope it was so helpful and you got some serious value bombs out of it. Just wanted to let you know that this episode is sponsored by the PE Specialist Membership Community. It's an awesome crew of passionate PE teachers where we get together, brainstorm ideas, come to with common problems and provide feedback to each other. And we've got a ton of awesome resources like e-courses, online trainings, tutorials, a ton of unit and lesson plan samples, printable station signs, and cues posters. And I could keep on going, but I know you have got things to do. So I just wanted to let you know, if you want to check out the details and see if it might be a good fit for you, you can head on over to the slash info for some more information. As always,
1: have fun and teach on. Have a great day, guys.